TII item 238, September 1st, 2012. Confirmed, quote unquote. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone to get your free audiobook download. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ben for sending in the music you hear in the background. Ben wrote, Hi, Rob. Created this music in GarageBand on my iPad. Regards, Ben. Thanks, Ben, for the music. And folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Jesse for sending in the artwork for today's show. Jesse wrote, Hi, Rob. I took this pic looking down the stairwell at work, then reflected it in the app called Reflections, edited with Snapseed, and the text added with FX Photo Studio. Someone said it looked like Voltron. Regards, Jesse D. Well, Jesse, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Jesse's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 238, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include uh, which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And I really need some more music as I don't have any for the next episode. So any of you music people out there who have created some music on your iOS device, please send in that music and let us know which apps you use to create said music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Cook has been increasingly compared to Jobs and found wanting. His last two product launches weren't very exciting, and the new iPad appears to have serious problems. The problems range from poor Wi-Fi reception and to the very high temperatures that the iPad operates at, which Consumer Reports says could cause burns if held for a long period." Unquote. Rob Enderly, Tech News World, 26th March 2012. Um, wow. I know Enderly has said some crazy whacked out stuff in the past. And then you add in anything from Consumer Reports, and yeah, you get a whole bunch of BS pie. I have not had my third-gen iPad even get warm, or what you would call warm. Uh, that's even after watching hours of Netflix on it. Yeah, that new iPad, it is just doing so bad. What, only 17 million units sold last quarter? Just saying. No promo codes for this week, but as always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating up front you are the dev. If you don't have any more promo codes left, change the About page on your app, tweak it just a little bit, resubmit for a new version, and then you get 50 more promo codes. So no excuses not to get your promo codes in here in your app review so that people can discover your app. If you don't have promo codes to give away, or if your app is free 
and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show in the short term, you can just send in the 60 second or less review of your app. Again, making sure you mention up front, you are the dev and we'll work it into a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of the show. Why do I do this? Why do I let the devs do the reviews of their own app? Because nobody knows the apps better than the devs themselves. And the reality is all reviews pretty much are suspect. When's the last time you watched a movie review show and agreed with everything the movie reviewer said? You can't. So reviews are really suspect. I think the best thing is just to discover an app and hear about it. And that's the best way to know if an app is for you or not. It's just basically with 600,000 apps. This is just a way for you guys to learn about some new apps and for devs for you to get out in front of a pretty good size audience. For those of you looking to trade in your iPhone 4S so that you can get the iPhone 2012 when it's released, there is one more new player in the buyback game, and that is Apple themselves. You can get up to $345 for an iPhone 4S 64GB model that is pristine. However, that is not the best offering out there to buy back your iPhone. Amazon actually holds that spot right now, offering as much as $500 to buy back your iPhone 4S 64GB unit. Of course, that is $500 is not cash, but rather an Amazon gift card slash credit. There's a nice article over on 9to5Mac titled iPhone Trade-In Roundup, where they go over 11 different places, ways to sell your old iPhone 4S. An old doesn't, you know, well, your current iPhone 4S. Remember, if you have an iPhone 4S, you have had it less than a year, and you will most likely be paying full price for the iPhone 2012 if you stay with the same carrier, unless you cancel from your current provider and then pay the penalty or ETF as they call it, then you could go to another carrier and to get subsidized price there. How much your ETF is will depend greatly on who your carrier is and when you purchased your iPhone 4S. Me personally, I just can't get myself to sell my old Apple gear, much to the chagrin of my wife. I saw an article which I will not link to, actually a couple of them, talking about Gazelle and them talking about how all of a sudden there was a bunch of Galaxy phones. Uh, it was like a 50% jump in Galaxy phones being uh, trying to be resold through their service. And that happened right after the verdict in the Apple v. Samsung case. And people jumping to the conclusion that people were selling off those devices now so that they could go ahead and get the new iPhone. I think that's wishful thinking on us Apple fanboys' part. More than likely... They're probably just trying to sell their old Galaxy devices now, thinking that they weren't going to be able to if a ban was put in place, and it's more valuable now to sell it rather than wait. And they're probably going and getting the new Galaxy S3 or some other Android device. I'm sure some number of them may switch over to the iPhone, but I'm, I'm going to guess the majority of people that did that was more out of fear of not being able to unload it and upgrade to the most recent Android Galaxy S3 rather than them trying to get rid of it to move over to the iPhone because they feel that uh, somehow the verdict you know, made it such that they needed to get the iPhone. Of course, the main reason people are selling off their old iPhones now is, however, that the new iPhone is just around the corner, which means more and more new rumors coming out all the time. The ones that now seem like they are done deals, LTE, which if this iPhone does not have Everyone will be shocked and dismayed and depressed. A bigger screen, likely an elongated 4-inch screen. A new overall design, which you kind of need for the new screen. A smaller dock connector, 
which unfortunately seems to be happening. The headphone jack moved to the bottom of the device and a faster processor with more RAM on board as well. Those are the items that most of the rumor sites seem to all agree on at this point in time. Items that seem to be up in the air and probably will not happen, a better camera. One I don't really see as far as megapixels. I mean, I don't see them saying, okay, now we've got a 10 or 12 megapixel camera. It'll probably stay at the eight megapixel. But as far as improved sensors for taking better photos, say in low light, that I do see happening. A new nano SIM card, which I guess is likely, but really not all that exciting, unless you're trying to take your current SIM from your iPhone 4 or 4S to move it over. Enhanced Bluetooth capabilities is another rumor that I've seen mentioned, but usually that's as far as they go. They don't really break down what is enhanced. To me, this seems more to do with software improvements than, say, improving from Bluetooth 4.0, which the iPhone 4S already has. And then NFC. And with regards to the iPhone 2012 and NFC rumors, this past week, first we saw some photos supposedly of the innards of the iPhone 2012 and what is supposed to be the NFC chip. And by chip, looking at the photos, I'm not really sure you can say it's a chip or a module. It was really clear from the photo. But heck, let's call it the NFC chip for this moment for that photo. And the moment's gone. Because no sooner had that rumor come, and I guess gone, than the rumors of there will be no NFC in the iPhone 2012. This at least according to Anantech, based on the next iPhone having a metal back, which is not conducive or conductive with NFC. And then Jim Dalrymple giving his trademark, yup, with regards to the NFC being a no-show in the iPhone 2012, and that is yup as in yes, it will not be there, and not yup as in yes, it will be. So at this point, the rumor pendulum with regards to NFC is it will not be in the iPhone 2012. Of course, this could change before September 12th. On the last episode, we talked about the iPad mini likely not being introduced at the September event, but rather at an event in October, this based on speculation from John Gruber and Jim Dalrymple, and now Apple PR, um, I mean all things D, quote, confirms, unquote, that the iPad mini will be announced not in September, but rather at another event in October. Of course, the confirmed part comes from unnamed sources, and no date in October was given, but I'm guessing it will be October 19th with a launch of the device around 10 days after the U.S. election, which would be Friday, November 16th, which also happens to be the date of the next Kansas City startup weekend. So yeah, that would be like a lousy time for me for them to release it on. So definitely the 16th of November to start shipping the iPad mini. FYI, expect all those saying the iPad mini will ship in October right now to later report that due to manufacturing issues or component shortages, the iPad mini was delayed until November. Just saying. I also so love when sites use the word confirmed when talking about an Apple rumor. Not only did all things D use that word with regards to the introduction date or month, but so did TechSource, which is another site probably never heard of, I hadn't heard of them, with the following quote, iPad mini name confirmed, unquote, as part of their post title. Who was it confirmed by? Well, not Apple, but rather the ever popular unnamed source. I think for Halloween this year, I'm going to dress up as an unnamed source. 
Well, that or Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster, or maybe someone from America's Got Talent that has more than a 100 IQ. I want to take a moment now to thank today's sponsor, which is Audible. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash today and iPhone, you can get a free audiobook download of your choosing, which you get to keep even if you cancel the service within 30 days. Again, audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone for your free audiobook download. Audible is the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with over 100,000 titles to choose from. If you like listening to audio, Audible has a ton of great content to choose from, covering every genre you can think of, and they've been a longtime sponsor of the show back to the beginning of the show in April of 2007. In the past, I've talked about Cloud Atlas, I should say the recent past, I've talked about Cloud Atlas and Hunger Games as two books that either are out as a movie or about to be. Two other novels that recently were picked up to be made into a movie, Fifty Shades of Grey, which I imagine will not be PG-13, and Gone Girl, which is a really interesting story about a wife that suddenly goes missing and is told from two perspectives, one from the wife's and one from the husband's. This is a best-selling thriller and one soon to be made into a movie starring Reese Weatherspoon, but you can get the story now, all 19 hours and 11 minutes of it, as your free audiobook download when you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone for your free audiobook download. Offer good to those only in the U.S. and Canada. Thanks, Audible, for sponsoring this show. Rob, hi, Jonathan. Um, I just happened to find your show today through a freak accident. I was doing some looking through podcasts on iOS and happened to find your show. Love the show. I heard on your podcast today that you had a caller asking about basically distribution groups and if there was an app to be able to utilize distribution groups via your calendar. There is an app um, in the App Store called Contacts EX. It's a great app. I actually use it myself. And as a as a exchange admin, does use iPhone. It's a godsend. It really is. All of um, our corporate users, I tell them just go out and download that to send to distribution groups from your phone. So hopefully that helps. Great show. Thanks a bunch. Bye. Jonathan, thanks for the heads up on Contact CX. On the last episode, as he mentioned, we had that question about doing group emails. And I want to thank Cheryl for the recommendation of the app with the very brief title of Group SMS Mail and Manage Contacts App. We also got the following email on this. Hey Rob, MailChute works really well to create group lists. Also, as a side note, Igon is a great app to access and change your out-of-office from the iPhone. It took a little tweaking with the dev to get my enterprise settings right for work, but he was really great and very helpful. Thanks for the show. Guards, Ian from West Virginia. Thanks for all for the feedback with regards to group emails. We also had a question on the last show about Bluetooth headsets under $100 that had a mic. Here is an email on this. Hi, Rob. I heard the call for a Bluetooth headset for under $100. Here's my pick and review. The Nokia BH-505. For the most part, this is a discontinued product, but it is readily available on eBay and other outlets on the web. It is a neckband-style headset that goes around the back of your neck, not over your ears. On the left ear, there is a dedicated pause play button, 
and toggle switch for forward and reverse on the iPhone. This just skips to the next track or previous track. And the built-in mic. On the right ear, there is a dedicated answer call button and toggle switch for volume control. Of all the Bluetooth headsets I've tried and tossed, this is the one I keep going back to. They are good. It is lightweight and comfortable once you've used them for a few days. The weakest part of it is at the bend that goes over your ears. I found that after many months of daily use, it'll start to crack and will eventually break. To its credit, the headset still works after the, the plastic is cracked and broken. It just doesn't fit as tightly as it did with uh, before, and you need a little DIY repair to keep it on. Phone calls are generally clear on both ends. You can get a full day's use from a full charge. Genuine units come with six sets of ear cushions, small, medium, large, in a regular rounded shape and a flat shape for those that don't want the ear pieces going inside the ear canal. And the power cord comes with it as well for charging. Overall, a good lightweight Bluetooth headset that won't kill your wallet. Just handle with care and they'll last quite a while. Hope this helps. Regards, Robert B. Another email on this. Hi Rob, the best stereo Bluetooth headset for under $100 is the Plantronics Backbeat 903 Plus. The sound is really great for the price. I love the sound and the controls. The mic is in the earbud and of course it could be better. Under $100, this is the unit to buy. Regards, Kevin. And another review on the Backbeat 903 Plus. Hi Rob, I like the Plantronics Backbeat 903 Plus. For music and phone, it is good. For some podcasts and noisy surrounding, it is not loud enough. Some podcasts are just not loud enough anyway. The mics are on each side. It's okay for phone, but weak on some VoIP applications like Echo Link. Retail price of $100, but $70 at Fry's and cheaper online. Seven hours of music, two hours recharge. Many features. Regards, Mike R. And another email on the Bluetooth headsets. Hi Rob, I have a couple of suggestions for under $40. The first one is the Tenqua TNQA Remixed REMXD for $40. These are DJ style headphones. Both myself and my partner have these and have been very pleased with them. Second one is the Kinevo K-I-N-I-V-O BTH220. For $30, that's Canivo BTH220. I haven't had any personal experience with these, but they have a great Amazon review. Regards, Matt G. And one last email on all this. Hi, Rob. I recommend the LG Space HBS 700. That's LG Space HBS 700 for around $50 on Amazon. It has a mic as requested, and it is incredibly comfortable to wear thanks to the unique design. I use it all the time for doing things around the house and listening to podcasts and don't feel like I am wearing anything. I hope you're saying that with regards to earphones. It is also good when I have to use one earbud and keep an ear out for the kids waking up. I know it looks weird, but I think anyone looking for a Bluetooth stereo headset should try it. Oh, and it's great for the office. I can hide it underneath my collar. And it is water resistant, which makes it good for working out. Regards, Javier, in or from Miramar, Florida. Again, thanks to everyone that sent in feedback on the Bluetooth headsets. 
I hope Kevin, who originally asked for this, I hope you find a pair there out of that group that will meet your needs. Hey, Rob, this is Jeff Nielsen from Minneapolis. I was just learning some new tricks on my iPhone, and I thought that maybe it would be helpful to some of the other listeners. I didn't know this before, but if you take and you uh, double-click on your headsets, and instead of just releasing it on the second click, hold it, it'll actually fast-forward and as long as you hold it. And then the same thing works with triple-click. If you triple-click it and hold it, it'll actually fast fast backwards and go backwards at a fast speed. So you can uh, go back 10, 15, 30 seconds, however long you want to hold it, uh, it'll keep going back. Something new. So uh hope other listeners can get advantage of this. I've been using it quite a bit lately as uh, after I learned about it. So love your show. Take care. Thanks for all you do. Bye-bye. Jeff, thanks for the tip. And folks, if you out there have a tip you want to share with the audience or this thing's neat, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record it on your iOS device and email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Just finished listening to your most recent podcast and was wondering, by the way, that would be episode 237, and I was wondering if you heard anything in the rumor mill about this feature on the iPhone 2012 with Verizon. As you know, the iPhone on Verizon currently cannot do simultaneous voice and data over its 3G network. So have you heard whether or not this will be possible on LTE network with Verizon? This is the main selling point for me on AT&T. So if Verizon were able to offer this feature, I would get rid of my AT&T iPhone in a hot minute once all the phones on the family plan were off contract, that is. Thanks and regards, Brian. Hi, Brian. Thanks for the question, which I thought was a straightforward, yes, LTE can support voice and data at the same time. I mean, it's a great new technology. Of course it has to, right? I thought it was a straightforward answer. But the more I searched for this, the more convoluted the answer became. Some claiming all 4G LTE phones on Verizon currently support voice and data at the same time. Others saying this feature is not yet available until 2013. Going to the Verizon site was really not a help at all. They didn't mention anything about being able to do voice and data at the same time as one of the features of LTE. I know there are a few Verizon employees that listen to this show, so I am sending this out to them. Can LTE phones on Verizon now support simultaneous voice and data? Because I, could, again, could not find anything on your site about it if you can please send me a link where it's mentioned on your site or if you're a Verizon employee, please confirm it back to me. I would really appreciate it because that is going to be a question people are going to ask. Uh, my guess is, from what I've been able to read, is yes, it can. But again, there's nothing definitive out there on the Verizon site to say one way or the other. At least nothing I could find. Here is a title of an article I just came across. It is, quote, Apple's iPad will finally see competition this fall, unquote. Okay, quick trivia question. Was that article from A, August 2010, B, August 2011, or C, August 2012, or D, all of the above? If you picked D, all of the above, you would be a wiser man or woman than those that wrote the articles in question. Yep, seems that is an article we will likely see again in August 2013. Just saying. It seems like just yesterday we were wishing Bob Mansfield a happy retirement. And now he's back. Okay, 
Technically, he never left, but apparently Bob realized spending more time with the family was not as appealing as first thought, and he canceled his retirement. However, Dan Riccio, who was named or was moved into Bob's job, well, he seems to not want to give up his new job, and Mr. Mansfield will just report to Tim Cook and, quote, will work on future products, unquote. Well, Bob, we wish you a happy unretirement and look forward to your inputs on future Apple products. Hi, Rob. This is Jose. I was checking to see if anyone else was experiencing this. Uh, when I open up Safari and click on a link, that link will shoot forward to me the same way that some of the other behaviors that occur in iOS uh, that affect where it goes back, uh, it fades back out or in. In this case, it's fading uh, in towards you when you click on a link. So I just want to see if anyone else is experiencing this. It seems like something new that they've added. All right, thanks. Bye. Hi, Jose. Thanks for the voicemail message and question. And I have not seen that experience. I checked it on both iOS 6 beta and iPhone 5, and I'm not seeing that, at least from the links I hit. Do you have a few websites you could share, or is anyone else that knows of any website or links where they're seeing this? I would love to check it out, but yeah, it's not something I'm aware of. If anyone else has seen this action, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. A few shows back, I remember someone asking about a PDF app that you could also insert pages into. There is an app called PDF Pen that I just read a great review of by James Ford Kelly over at Wired. And one of the features was creating PDFs right from the app as well as standard markup and editing options available for PDFs in general. And I thought that it might work to save that person from switching to a dreaded Windows tablet. Regards, Jesse D. Thank Jesse for the heads up on PDF Pen. As always, links to all the apps we mentioned in today's episode can be found over at todayinios.com for episode 238. Hey Rob. The 5.1 update months ago that had the 4G logo in the status bar, even though there is no 4G of any kind in my area, nor did my iPhone 4S not magically turn into some sort of 4G device, but the logo is saying it is. So when real 4G comes out and is active, will they call it 5G, since all the carriers lie on one evolution ahead when they have mostly enhanced 3G or HSPA plus and such? How will I know if I'm on 3G or 4G-ish connection in the next two years? I wonder. Regards, Michael S. Hi, Michael. Yeah, my iPhone is one that constantly now shows it has a 4G connection as well. And you bring up a good point. Will they now have an LTE logo or a 4G Plus logo? I don't think they'll go to a 5G, however. But... If they don't do something other than 4G for LTE, how will you know when you are on that connection? I mean, other than, obviously, the internet speed doesn't suck, that is. Hi, Rob. This is Jeff from Arkansas, and I wanted to call in with an app review for an app that I developed called CardScan Pro. CardScan Pro is a business card reader app that features a simple and streamlined user interface, making it easy to get the contents of your business card into your phone. So the way that it works is you take a quality picture in good lighting with your iPhone camera and the app will actually take the text on the card and convert it to digitized text that your phone can use in its contacts. The app will also automatically assign text to the correct contact field. And if it doesn't know where it should put something, a unique drag and drop interface allows you to simply 
drag the text to the appropriate contact field. Lastly, at the time the contact's created, a picture of the business card is also saved, so you can go back later and swipe through all of your business cards in a CoverFlow view. And if there's some key info that you want to be sure to remember about your new contact, you can quickly and easily add a voice memo. So that's CardScan Pro in a nutshell. Uh, again, it's only 99 cents in the App Store, and I hope people take a look. Thanks. Thanks to Rose Clark via Google Plus for this next one, which is a Kickstarter project with a goal of 90K and pledges already over 126K. And it has until October 3rd at 4.56 p.m. Eastern Time for you to pledge. As they are over their goal, they will be taking your money if you pledge for it. How much money? Well, they start with 155 bucks of yours and go up from there. So what is said device? Well, it is the Crux Skunk. One word, C-R-U-X, skunk. And it is another iPad case with keyboard. Okay, well, it's not just any case with a keyboard. It has a 360-degree hinge, so you can open it and then fold it out of the way. It offers a full-size QWERTY keyboard, and it is very thin. So yes, it makes your iPad look like a MacBook Air, kind of, sort of. Anyway, if you are looking for a keyboard case combo for your iPad, check out the Crux Skunk at Kickstarter. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I thought you should take a look at this cool project. A friend of mine at work knows the developer, told me about this, and I am sold. Regards, Hector. And this is with regards to the foundation doc. Two words. It has a 10k pledged towards a goal of 37k and funding goes on until October 2nd at 4:36 p.m. Eastern Time. So looking like it has a good chance of hitting its goal. This is one of those Kickstarter projects that has a few too many pricing options, 17 to be specific. Did I say Pacific or specific? Well, I need to say 17 to be specific. Okay, to be fair, this one product is really three products. There is the foundation dock itself, and there is a flex cable with a 30-pin dock connector or the new iPhone 2012 connector, whatever that turns out to be. And there is an aluminum USB car charger. If you want to get all three, it will cost you $114, or just $99 for the dock and one flex cable, or just $30 for one flex cable, or just $15 for the USB car charger. Still not sure what it is yet? Well... They call it the best charging, syncing, bending, holding, music, listening, FaceTiming, video, watching, self-portrait-taking device for the iPhone. And, um, yeah. Okay. So by flex cable, they really mean bend it to a specific shape and with some force, and it will stay in that shape, and that lets you adjust the iPhone to stay where you want it and face how you want it. The foundation dock is an aluminum CNC machine base, with a built-in speaker, a microphone, audio line out, one USB port at the top, and four additional powered USB ports in the back, and a mini USB port. The flex cable plugs into the USB port on the top, or you can disconnect from the base and plug it into the car charger or any other USB port. It is an interesting project, and one you can learn more about by searching for Foundation Dock, two words, in Kickstarter, over at kickstarter.com. And finally, thanks to Richard for the heads up on this next Kickstarter project that had a lofty goal of 250 dollars that is. And I say had because they already have over 525 k in pledges. 
Not bad for something that only has pledge levels now starting at $174. This one will be live until September 22nd at 5.06 a.m. Eastern Time. What is this project? Well, it is called Smart Things. One word. And Smart Things is a device to help connect things in your house to the internet. So you can monitor, control, and automate the things in your house. And you can do so anywhere you want via the iOS app. So say you want to have it where you turn off the lights or turn them on when you are away from home, you can do that. Say your wife constantly keeps forgetting to turn off her curling iron. Well, in the past, a solution might have been to hang up the curling iron by the front door to remind her she almost burned down the house again by leaving a curling iron turned on right next to the rubbing alcohol. But rather than hanging your wife's curling iron by the front door, which while it may drive home the point again that she left the curling iron on, ultimately has the bad side effect of greatly reducing marital coupling. However, if you have smart things, you could just turn off said curling iron from your app. You can also have sensors to see if your doors have been open or is open. You can have a sensor on your dog to see if it has left the house or the yard. The video even shows it sensing when you get out of bed and then turning on the coffee pot automatically for you. Hey, wait, I think I saw that in a Wallace and Gromit cartoon. So I guess you can say if you like Wallace and Gromit and you want to live in a house like they have, smart things will get you a couple steps closer. $474 while it lasts, and there is only a certain number of them left at $174 and it goes up from there. You can get the Smart Things Hub and three things this year. Yep, they are planning on a December delivery. This is an interesting one, and I recommend watching the video to learn more. Over at kickstarter.com, search for Smart Things, one word. So do you have a favorite old printer and wish you could print to it from your iOS device with AirPrint like you can with ePrinters printers? Well, now you can for just $100 with the Electronics X-Print Server Home Edition Xprint server being one word. I have a link in the show notes for a review done over on Wired, which goes into the good and slightly not so good, i.e. setting it up can be a pain for some printers. But the good news is once it is set up, you should be golden. And better news is it seems to set up pretty easy for most printers, which I usually find means it sets up well for most printers other than the one I have. But in any case, Rather than spend a few hundred dollars on a new printer and a few hundred dollars on more ink for the new printer, you can use your current printer and ink with your iOS device for just $100. Look for the link in the show notes over on episode 238 at todayinios.com. While the rumor sites tend to be like a duck on a Cheeto when it comes to the iPhone and the iPad mini lately, every so often we get a leak per the iPod Touch. This current leak slash rumor comes from Jiz China, G-I-Z China, one word, who shows a picture of a case for the next-gen iPod Touch, which is a longer body than the current one, suggesting that whatever screen size the new iPhone gets, the new iPod Touch will be getting as well, which, you know, kind of makes sense. The strange thing was the two holes on the back of the case, as if it's going to have two different cameras for taking pictures and video in 3D which would be a huge one more thing, especially for the iPod Touch. I have a question about uh, jailbreaking. I would like a way to be able 
to give my photos a name instead of IMG00936, for example. I've tried to go into iFile, and I renamed the picture, actually some videos too. I renamed a, pi a video, and it worked. After I, re after I synced with iTunes, it turned it into the video that I wanted, but I haven't tried it with pictures. I wanted to know if there was a way to rename the pictures on the fly and also the, the videos, maybe with iFile or with a third-party app from Cydia. Thanks. Bye. Okay, I'm going to throw that question out there to all you jailbreak tweak app experts. Do you know of an app out there or tweak for jailbreaking that will allow you to rename the pictures that you have on your iOS device? Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Switchy is a new jailbreak app I found today. It gives you an extra row for the opened apps. When scrolling to the left, it also has the kill all apps button, though I kind of like the kill backgrounder as a better option for this tweak. There's also a slider for brightness and the settings app is available. Regards, Tash. Thanks, Tash, for the heads up on Switchy. Next in the email bag. Hi, Rob. I use Instacast for my podcast listening, and it supports the 30-second jump back. This feature works with the previous track button on the lock screen with this app. However, I'm not jailbroken at the moment, so I can't test it. But I suspect that activator assigned to previous track on the power button would achieve what your listener is searching for. Regards, Jared in Santa Cruz, California. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Why can't Siri call 911? Jesse D. And Jesse sent a screenshot of Siri saying, I can't call 911. And I have to say, I have not heard of this before. I would say we would need to ask Apple, but maybe it's some FCC rule that an automated assistant can't call 911, or maybe Apple did not allow it on purpose so that people don't accidentally call 911. I'm not sure. If anyone knows for sure or knows of an article that thinks they know for sure, please let us know. Hey, Rob. This is Terry in Fort Worth, Texas. I had a question about the new iPhone coming out in September. I got the iPhone 4S last year and uh, got it at the subsidized price, so I'm not eligible for an account upgrade or to get it at the subsidized price this time. However, I'm probably going to want to sell my 4S on Gazelle or some other method and get somewhere around 350 370 for that. Probably look at buying a 16-gigabyte um, new iPhone. But I was wondering, when seems like last year uh, on launch time that we weren't or people weren't able to buy an unsubsidized iPhone for a while. And I wonder if that's going to be the case this time. You know, like you have to be eligible for to, uh, to get a new phone, you know, as far as your account, you're out of contract. I was just wondering if you think that's going to be the case because I'd really like to place my order on launch day and get this one packed up and sent off to Gazelle and hopefully avoid a, you know, a month wait or so for to get a new iPhone. Anyway, I appreciate it. Love your show. Talk to you later. Thank you. Hi, Terry. Thanks for the voicemail. I think what you're remembering from last year was that it wasn't until around the middle of November or so, about a month after the launch of the iPhone, that they allowed for the unlocked version of the iPhone to be made available to users. So I think you could get an iPhone right away and pay the full price unsubsidized from day one. But what you couldn't do from day one 
was get an unlocked phone. Now, you, again, you could get a unsubsidized phone, but it was locked to your carrier still. But when you wanted to get an unlocked one so that you could use it to travel wherever in the world, that wasn't available until mid-November of last year. There's an interesting article from Bloomberg in that Apple tried to throw a whole bunch of money at Taiwan Semiconductor to lock up production. This is something Apple has done in the past with great success. Except this time, Taiwan Semiconductor said, thanks, but no thanks. They said the same thing to Qualcomm, who also was trying to lock up inventory and throw money their way. It seems we are starting to see news coming in from the component side that is indicating that future growth of the smartphone world may be limited by capacity issues for components or at component vendors. Again, in the past, Apple has done a great job of locking up capacity just for them and basically locking out their competition. That was probably more than anything the biggest piece that Tim Cook brought to the table at Apple and really helped push Apple along in their dominant position when it came to the MP3 market. You know, Tim had an incredible supply chain management at ethos or reputation there at Apple. So the question is, will Apple be able to find someone else who they can lock up capacity from to ensure no major shortages this fall for key semiconductor components? My feeling is there will be both record sales this fall, but there will also be more demand than there is supply of Apple products. Expect the iPad mini to be harder to get than the Tickle Me Elmo back in its day. Recently, I said I thought T-Mobile was going to get the iPhone. Recently, in this case, being the last show. Well, now comes a leaked screenshot from T-Mobile for employee training, which shows starting on September 21st, here is how you sell against the iPhone. So the question, obviously, is why would you need to sell against that which you are going to get, unless you aren't going to get it? Of course, it is possible that only select number of people at T-Mobile know if they are going to get the iPhone, a very select group. And this item was written by someone not in the know, just assuming it is business as usual on September 21st and that T-Mobile wouldn't be getting the iPhone and they needed to put in their marketing materials on how to sell against it. Well, I still think it was a strange timing about the new network upgrade announcements that we talked about on the last show. So I'm still leaning towards T-Mobile getting the iPhone, talking to some people from Sprint. They seem to think that T-Mobile will also be getting the iPhone in September. We shall see. Hey, Rob. My name is Carl. I've been listening to your show for about six months now, and I've just heard, first of all, kudos. You're the first podcast I've heard since the verdict on Friday that has come up with any commentary on the Samsung's trials. I haven't heard anything from Engadget, CNET, Twit. I'm sure Leo Laporta put something out today that's doing anything on, on this. And I, I, I think your um, analysis is dead on as far as what's going on. Um, the, you know, Apple won a case, but they've lo- I think that they're, like you said, they're going to look at this back, you know, a couple of years from now and say this was the point that everything turned. Um, it was the beginning of the end. Apple's power has always been that distortion field that Steve Jobs is famous for. To put, it, to put your business out there, to expose all the magician's secrets and tricks, you know, it, it's what Apple, you know, it takes Apple from that magical company to a regular company. And that's what Tim Cook's leadership is. And there's nothing wrong with that in most cases. But in Apple's history, 
this is not a company that survives and thrives as were their company. This is a company that made its mark and became one of the largest market caps by becoming magical. And they should have, as you said, out-innovated Samsung. And um, this patent, at the end of the day, this dispute will be a boom for consumers, hopefully, because it's going to force some of these big boys to um, not sit with the status quo, but have to compete and have to bring out some new and amazing devices. And it'll even take the behemoths like Google and all the other guys. And they're all sitting down, and I'm sure they're having their power meeting you know, this week, and they're going to be flown out of places or whatever, they're going to have to take a look and say, you know, we can't do this anymore. So your great analysis, great feedback. Love the show. Thank you so much. Bye. Carl, thanks for the feedback. And here's some more feedback on my rant about Apple v. Samsung with a slightly different perspective. Hi, Rob. I could not disagree with you more. Apple is not a villain. If you follow your logic, why have patents at all? Since when does stealing make you a good guy? especially when you do it as Samsung did. This is the right thing both in the short term and long term. There is no way at present time for Apple not to use Samsung. Apple does need the money. What company does not need a billion dollars? And it will be much more with licensing. If you think not, talk to the stockholders. Doesn't Apple need to have clear title to their hard-earned technology rights? You can't just keep developing at a pace that is faster than what another company can copy. It takes time to develop as for three years. How often have I heard that? And believe you me, others like Microsoft already know they need to find a way to be first. Wonder how long it would have taken Samsung to copy the iPhone 2012 when it comes out or a change in the iOS. The people you're hearing from now that don't like Apple, didn't like Apple to begin with, And if you didn't like this court case, wait until the bigger ones come along with Google, the price of stealing and copying. I am proud that Apple stood up and spent the money to win this case, not because it was Apple, but because it was right, regards Richard. And well, since this is my show, I get to get the last word in on here. And here's my reply to Richard. Hi, Richard. I did not say Apple is a villain, just that Apple will be looked at as one by many. I stand by my comments. I do not like the legal case, or really any legal case, and I think Apple being uh, the biggest customer of Samsung was in a position to put pressure on them in another way. Legal protection from a competitor is not going to give you long-term protection. The best protection isn't out innovating. Apple did that on the iPod side with no use of legal lawsuits and was able to dominate there. I do agree that Samsung slavishly copied the iPhone, like I said in the rant. That was pretty clear. Per Apple not needing the billion dollars, that is 100% true. They don't need the money. They just gave away a lot more than that in the form of a dividend. Apple 100% does not need the $1 billion. They already have over $100 billion in cash or equivalents, as it is. Not saying they don't want the $1 billion dollars, but they definitely don't need it. Per why having patents at all? Well, let's just say the patent system is busted. There's too many patents that are given out for things that should not be patentable. Apple should never have gotten a patent for the shape of an iPad. I mean, a flat device with rounded corners? Give me a break. There's no reason Apple should have ever gotten a patent for that, or anyone for that matter. You know, I know people say, well, look, prior art shows this or that. Yeah, you know what? Prior art does show that. And it, it was an intuitive 
it was something that was going to come out. So there's certain patents that definitely shouldn't have been given out. Now, there are some that I do think are valid patents. I do think the bounce back patent is a valid one, although the usability of it, eh, well, I guess it makes for a better user experience. And the one, the tap to zoom when you're on a web browser and you see an article and you tap on it and it zooms into just that article, that was a unique way Apple found a solution to a user problem. And that one should also have been patentable. But there's some of these patents that are out there that Apple has and other people have that are just a joke. Uh, again, the shape of an iPad, really? And sadly, I do agree with you. There are going to be more legal cases to come in the future. Hi, this is Scott in Hurricane Ridden South. I want to give a quick review to the game, quote, the game. It's by Chair, the makers of Infinity Blade 1 and Infinity Blade 2. It's a showcase for their Unreal Engine, and it shares the same graphics and general controls as the Infinity Blade series. However, it's free. And it pits you against uh, Romney against Obama or Obama against Romney, depending on what your slant is, in a death match similar to that in the uh, Infinity Blade series. However, I did mention it was free. And more importantly, the game actually has a link on it that allows users to register to vote, which I think is a, an amazing, uh, amazing uh, addition to the game. I think it's a real worthy cause, and I, I tend to think that Chair is doing their civic duty in, in, that, in that light. Yes, it is a great uh, expose of their other, potentially their other games. However, it, it is fun. It's a great laugh with friends. And I think if you pick it up and play it for a couple of times, you get a couple of chuckles out of it. But more importantly, if you haven't registered to vote, click the link. It's a very quick uh, fill-in, and you can register or re-register, more importantly, if you've moved, so you don't get purged from any, uh, any roles and you can get your boat out there. All right. Anyway, just thought I'd share that with you. I think it's one of the better uh, better aspects of gaming that's out there at the moment. Thanks again. Jim, thanks for the feedback on the app Vote, V-O-T-E. And again, that's a free app in the App Store. I know a couple people, I read some uh, reviews that didn't like it, I guess because they said it was too violent and was making fun of or taking too light of the whole election thing. But but as Jim said, hey, this helps people register and that gets them involved in the democratic process. So even if you don't like some parts of the app, you have to appreciate the fact that they make it easy for people to register to vote, which this app definitely will get more people registered to vote. And of course, getting more people registered to vote means one very, very important thing. It's less likely you're going to get picked for jury duty. Thanks to Mark H. for this next one, which is one of those articles that I save to the end and tell you to go check out, which is what I'm doing here. It is an article titled, your smartphone's so smart, it takes 14 gadgets to match it, which goes over all the different single-use gadgets you would need if you did not have that iPhone in your pocket, from the obvious phone, camera, MP3 player, to the not-so-obvious calculator, alarm clock, and dictionary. It is a fun little article to remind you of why your iPhone, in comparison, is a very good spend of your money, as all the other devices together cost over $1,200. But more importantly, it is a big saver on your back for the road warrior. Just one device and one charger to carry versus 14 devices and multiple carry, uh, chargers. Sure wish I had an iPhone back in my travel 75% of the time work days. Hi, Rob. This is Gregory from Ohio. Hey, listen, your show 232 episode, you had a wallpaper uh, today an iPhone. Today an iOS or today an iPhone your uh, your emblem was on the wallpaper. How do I download it? How do I get that? I really like it. I want to put it on my phone. Thanks, man, and enjoy all, all everything you do. Bye. Hi, Gregory. 
The easiest way to get the album artwork for each episode onto your iOS device is with the TII app. Again, just download the TII app, $2.99 in the App Store, and then for each episode, there's a place for you to go in and on the extras and just download that, that artwork for that episode right into your camera roll. So again, there's a lot of great artwork in there for all the back episodes. And so if you want to get any or all of the artwork that we feature in the show, have featured in the show for the last 100 and, I don't know, 50, 160 episodes, download the TII app and just go into the extras and download it for each episode. I wanted to make sure this episode went out at the beginning of the Labor Day weekend. So if you're in the U.S., I hope you're having a good Labor Day weekend. And I hope today's show helped you with your yard work or that long drive to a relative's uh, or uh, that last weekend at the beach or lake. Here is what I would like from you. It is not going to cost you anything. I would just like for you to share the show. And that is to let your peeps know about the show. Just tweet or Facebook a link to todayinios.com. Say something nice about the show. Put up a mention on Google Plus or even pick the artwork from the show and pin it on Pinterest. However you or wherever you post on the internet, please just put a mention in for the show. Put a mention on the show in comments on a blog post or in an article that we talked about today. There's usually many of those have places for comments, letting those sites know that I sent you there. However, you can help out the show. It is greatly appreciated. I also want to ask you to contribute to the show by calling in with your feedback, comments, questions, rants, apps, or product reviews, tips, tricks, or jailbreak secrets, or anything else iOS related. And as always, the call-in number is 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or you can record it on your favorite recording app on your iOS device and email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And also make sure to say where you are located. For September, I'm interested to see how many different cities and countries I can get feedback from. Still waiting for feedback from Albania. Anyway, love to hear from you this month. Please, again, when you're giving me feedback, let me know where you're located. I want to remind you that today's show was brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone for your free audiobook download. And finally, you can help support the show directly by getting the Today and iOS app, the TII app, just $2.99 in the App Store. You get push messages with breaking news, which there should be plenty of in September and October. Plus, it is the easiest way to consume the show and follow along with the links in the link list under the extras, which is that little E in the lower right-hand corner of the playback screen, which is also where you're going to find the artwork to download for the album artwork for today's episode which we just mentioned. Again, to get the app, just search for TII in the App Store. And that, folks, is going to go ahead and do it for us today. As always, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today and iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII.
Crux Skunk at Kickstart. Ah. 